I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. In this episode, we provide the criteria that we use when we decide if it's time to DIY it or hire an expert. We talk about how we consider the value of our own time, and we consider the differences in hiring someone to help when you're struggling versus hiring somebody when you are thriving. And in WWAWD, or What Would Amanda Wagner Do?, we answer Casey's question about sharing successes. When you're just starting out, you are wearing all the hats. And by just starting out, I don't mean your first three months or six months. For some people, this is years. And you're used to wearing 16 different hats at once. You build your own website, you write your own copy, you get your logo on Fiverr or from your brother's friend, and it does the job. And pretty soon you start building your brand, your reputation, your client list, and you're getting paid. When you're in a space of being used to doing it all yourself, it can be hard to know when is the right time to call in the pros. When I first started my business, I created my own website from a Squarespace template. I wrote everything myself. My logo was actually a screenshot of my business card, which was a template from Moo.com because it was all I had to work with. I had never done it before. And now three and a half years in, I've hired professionals for design, for photography, social media, bookkeeping and accounting, and for creating custom illustrations. It took time to get here. And I am by no means saying that you can't do it all yourself, but I'm here to poke and prod a little bit to figure out what should you be doing yourself and what can you send to other people? Liz, what are some of the things that you invest in for your business? Uh, For me, one of the most important things is good software. So I pay a pretty good chunk of change to get good quality software because that stuff is just better than the free versions of stuff. Don't get me wrong. I have the odd thing that I still have the free version of because I don't use it as often. But number one priority for me is good program so I can make good stuff. Uh, And I also will uh, use subcontractors every so often, either because I have a full plate or just I need a break and I need to delegate to somebody else. So those are kind of the two big things for me right now. I hadn't considered software, but you're absolutely right. There are many tools that I've upgraded from the free version to the pro version so that sometimes I can just use my branded colors or my logo within them, or I can create longer videos or people can book appointments with me automatically. So you saying that made me pull up my cash flow spreadsheet and go, what am I actually investing in? I'm a big believer that you do what you're good at and you pay someone else to do the rest. And I know that that is a privileged position because we can't always pay someone else to do the rest. I would love to have somebody do several different jobs that I'm still doing so that all my focus can be on my one-on-one work with clients, but that's just not the reality right now. That said, when I find my plate feeling really full, 
I look at what can I eliminate, what can I delegate, and what can I stop doing altogether? The activities that I approach with the most dread are the ones that I look to hire somebody else for first. So while financially you don't always have a choice, when you do have the finances, it can somehow feel even harder to decide what to pay someone else for, especially if you are getting to a place where you are paying yourself a reasonable, solid salary. Or when for the first time you're feeling like, I really have money here. Do I really want to give it away? So most often what I hear is, I've gotten by on my own for this long. How much longer can I do that for? Can I continue to to squeeze something out of what I've created? I also hear, how much money do I need to have before I do it? Before I pull the trigger on investing in a new website or getting some custom swag designed or upgrading your Moo template to a custom logo design. I also hear when it comes to design and photography, it's just aesthetics, is it worth it? And this question of what is worth it comes up a lot. And the one that is the hardest for me to answer, and I always throw back to my clients is, am I allowed to invest in myself and my business? There's a lot of permission giving that happens because people are looking for the magical threshold of when I've made X number of dollars, have X number of clients, have been doing this for X number of years, now I'm allowed to invest. And I wish I had those magic numbers, but I just don't. So oftentimes I send it back to people and go, what would this investment look like? What would it help you do? I have five things that I ask my clients to consider when it comes to investing in a pro. But first, I want to hear from Liz, what comes up when you have new clients coming to you who are investing in their social media for the first time or in their digital presence? What are some of the things that come up for your clients? By far, the most common reason that people come to me is because they hate doing it. And they say it to me and then they nervously giggle. And I say, don't worry about it because so many people hate it. Everybody says that. I think that is verbatim. One of the first (laughs) things I said to you when we met, I was like, I hate this. You're good at it. If you could do it, you wouldn't hate it, right? Exactly. There's a lot of dread involved with why people are coming to me. So that's probably the biggest thing. And the second thing would probably be they have a full plate. They just have so many things going on and maybe they have an interest in social media or they have an interest in writing, but there's just not enough hours in a day. When you have the question of whether to invest in your business, here are five things that I like to consider. First, what, if any parts of your business, are you less than thrilled to share or talk about? So for example, if you're embarrassed to hand out your business card or when somebody wants to follow you online, do you instantly excuse the appearance of it? If we're talking about things like software, would you rather send something without a watermark on it or use your own custom branding in a Canva template instead of somebody else's colors? 
The second piece is gathering some evidence. How long have you been able to make do or make it work with what you have? And how much longer do you think that will work for you? For example, my first website lasted me quite a while. It did the job. It did what I needed it to do. And the first time that I invested in a website, in a logo, the full branding package, it was almost a year and I did it while I did a name change. So I wanted to make sure I was really solid on moving from retail to riches to the complement, And I did it all at once. It took me almost a year to get there. The third thing I ask people is, are you looking for a short-term fix or a long-term upgrade? If you're looking for a Band-Aid, stick with the free version. Hack it as long as you can. Do it yourself. If it's a long-term upgrade, this is where the pros come in. If you are looking for a logo design to last you a few years, if you are looking to truly invest in the brand that you are putting your name on, your face on, that's where it comes time to think about an expert. The fourth piece to consider is expert blindness. So why would somebody pay for your services? And some of those reasons and rationale that you would share with somebody else saying, hire me because... I include this as a step because we have what I call expert blindness, which is that we might not pay somebody who does exactly what we do because we're experts at it. So let's use this idea of a designer. A designer might look at another designer and go, I don't need to hire out for somebody else to create my website because I can do it. But the designer might hire a business strategist to help them outline their goals and make progress because that's not what they do. What are you lacking expertise in that you could hire somebody else who would be more efficient and more skilled and educated in doing it? And this is the most important thing to consider. What is your time worth? When I first came to LP, to work on my social media, it would take me half an hour to create one post, to find the image and the caption and put it out there. And then I would sweat going, what are the hashtags? I don't know how to do this. And what would happen is there was so much dread in it that I just wouldn't do it. I wasn't able to consistently do it because it felt like one more thing instead of doing the right thing. For me to agonize over a website, it would take me weeks and months to get it right. For every moment that I am working on creating the perfect social media post, the perfect graphic, or creating a website that I'm proud of, it's eating up time that I could be spending doing what I'm really good at, which is strategizing and coaching with other leaders and entrepreneurs. How much time is it taking away from the work that I could be doing? Liz, of these five things, are there any that are sticking out to you as things that you've either felt or you've seen your clients face? Well, the dread for sure is something that clients have chatted with me about. Um, but something you and I have talked about is the dread that I have around creating slide decks. Ugh. 
I hate it so much. My decks so, are the so, worst. So, 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 so much. We could have um, an entire episode on why we hate slide decks and why they're so hard and annoying. And I use them a lot. Like I deliver a lot of workshops. I teach a couple different classes. Mm-hmm. I have to create these babies a lot and I hate it. So that's very much on my list for this year to get help with. I'm sure there's someone out there that loves making slide decks. Slide into my DMs if you do. Yes, please. We need you. (laughs) You know, I have that dread. So that tells me that's where I need to invest and get some help because I hate it. But yeah, the dread I think is is the big one. And I think that that's probably the most common thing for people I've worked with and, and something that I experience often. And I think the dread ties really nicely into what is your time worth because I can put a slide together pretty quickly if I just suck it up and do it. But when I have dread, the task also gets longer and longer and longer and longer. And it sits on my to-do list three times as long as everything else does because I'll gladly do every other thing I need to do that week before I have to work on those slide decks. So I think the dread and the time are so closely related and something I know that I've felt before. 100%. I, there's a a running joke that when you're in your house is never as clean as it is when you're in grad school, because all of a sudden, when you have to write a thesis, you would rather clean the freezer over and over again, because there's so much dread and the amount of time that you spend worrying about it, thinking about it, procrastinating is far more time than if you were to just pay somebody else to do it. I talk a lot about mental health money and my first instance of really cementing myself and believing in this concept was, I want to say 10 years ago. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. I went to Nice with a friend. We were in France and the hostel that we were supposed to stay at had bed bugs. And we were young at the time and we were trying to do Europe in a cheap way. We were gone for five or six weeks. And that was the point where we said, okay, we are splurging. We are getting the hotel. Because spending a little bit more on the hotel was mental health money so that we weren't worried about attracting bed bugs, taking them to other countries with us. That was a one use of mental health money, which is paying some more. Another version of mental health money is paying to get your time back by having somebody else do it. So for example, this year we decided to pay somebody to help with our house cleaning. So once a month, we have somebody that comes in and does the nitty gritty cleaning of our home so that we can also have some of our time back. My partner and I work incredibly hard and we also want that downtime. So we pay to have a little more downtime because we don't clean the bathtub anymore. Liz, what are some examples of how you have used mental health money? The house cleaning one is a big one for us. We've been doing it for a few years now. And as, as long as we're able to, I'll never undo that. Uh, it's, it's really, really helpful for us to be able to have that. So that's a big one. Sometimes software comes into this one too, where I will just right out of the gate, I will pay for the upgraded version so that I don't have to work as hard with the free one. For sure. And sometimes when you have the free version, more learning needs to go along with that. 
you know, the paid versions of things are often laid out so much more nicely, or there's more Q and A's available to you to figure out what a problem is. I would rather just give the money, lay it all out for me so I can get this task done. And get the on-demand support too, right? Sometimes bumping up that tier means I can talk to a human or even things like with technology. I'm a fierce believer in Apple care because I love to be able to go in and say it's not working and have it replaced instead of having to go through, what do I need? What did I do? What are the parts? How long is it going to take? That's mental health money to just pay for it up front and not have to nickel and dime if something goes wrong. And, you know, hiring of subcontractors in the past for me has been mental health money. I often will bring in someone I, have, I mean, I have a tough time relinquishing control on a lot of stuff, um, but if there is stuff that I can hand off to somebody else, I'll do that because sure, I could bust my ass and get all of it done, but if there's someone that I trust and I know they'll do a good job, I'm willing to hand it over to that person so I can have a couple more hours in a week to breathe and not, you know, make my eyeballs turn into fireballs from staring at a screen for too much longer. So I would consider that mental health money as well. I use this analogy with a lot of my clients. I talk about the yoga pass. It's often in the fitness environment, but doesn't have to be. Liz is nodding her head because she knows that I talk about this all the time. When I buy the first month unlimited yoga pass, when we were allowed to go to fitness studios, it's 40 bucks unlimited for the first month. And me, like millions of other people, I'm sure do the math we go, okay, it's $20 a class. So I have to go twice to quote unquote, make it worth it. At that point, the pass has paid for itself. So when I have the unlimited first monthly pass and I only have to go twice, I go twice. That said, if I were to buy the full monthly unlimited pass for $200 or whatever it is, I also start doing the math. And that's where I go, I have to make this worth it, which means I'm investing more and I am soaking more value out of it. There's something to be said for spending a little bit more money and truly getting every ounce of value from it. It's like getting fast food and not feeling guilt if you don't finish it versus going to a really nice restaurant And you take every last bite and you take the leftovers home and you enjoy that time and soak up every moment of the experience. So this is something that I've talked to people about before going, if this is a long-term plan, then the investment sounds like it's worth it. Now, historically, I have hired people when I've been struggling. I hire people when there's too much on my plate, when I can't do it myself. And this year, for the first time, I feel like I hired somebody when I was doing really well. So not to say that that everything is puppies and rainbows right now and that before everything was rain clouds, but typically when it comes to hiring a coach, I had worked with Coach Jenny when I was struggling. When I was going, what am I really doing here? How do I make sure that I'm using every opportunity that I have? And for the first time this year, I started working with her when I was doing well, and it all came down to speed. So when you are struggling, when you're in the weeds, sometimes you need help. You need somebody to pull you out of there. But when it's going really great, 
having an expert come in can help you move from coasting to really dialing up the knob and making big changes quickly. So this is my, my personal plug to say, you don't need to just hire somebody when things are hard. Sometimes when we're thriving, that's when we need others the most. It really helps pour gasoline on the fire that's already existing. And your brain is in a place where you're willing to try, you're willing to experiment because you want things to move faster. I would love to know what are the best investments that you've made in yourself or in your business? And this is your opportunity to plug an expert that you think everyone needs to know about or hire. We are going to keep the conversation about business and success and doing well. We're going to keep that conversation going as we turn to WWAWD or what would Amanda Wagner do? Today's question comes from Casey. And Casey says, I'm a new entrepreneur and I'm thrilled that my business is going really well. I want to share my successes with my sister because that's what we've always done. She's also an entrepreneur and her business is struggling. And she says she wants to hear how everything's going with me, but I'm not sure I should share because it could bring up jealousy or other bad feelings. What do you think, AW? I'm a big advocate of sharing your successes. And I think in this case, you really have to consider your audience. I would not want sharing your success with your sister to create jealousy, envy, to damage the relationship in any way. I think that there is a way to temper how you are sharing so that you still get to brag about your successes. Over here, I don't think bragging or showing off is a bad thing. I think it can be done with care and empathy, which is when your sister says, how are things going? You have full permission to say, they're going really well. Would you like me to share some details? To ask that specific question or to share certain pieces. So if your sister is an entrepreneur and struggling, maybe she is struggling financially or maybe she's struggling getting clients. Is there a way for you to still share your success without talking about specific numbers, right? I got 10 new clients or I made $10,000 last month. What is the way to speak about some of the other successes? And this is also an opportunity if your sister is open to feedback and I would ask her this to say, I've been really successful. Would you like to talk about some of the ways I've done that? Because maybe they would help you too. I think in this situation, we always have to be sensitive about those around us who are not doing as well or who may be challenged because we don't want to produce any unnecessary comparisons that would hurt someone. For you, Casey, I would also encourage you to find some people that you can be openly proud of your success with, that you don't have to hide how proud you are of what you're doing that you are allowed to talk about how much money you've made or clients you have or impact you've had, find somebody else that you can openly say, I need to show off because I've done some pretty amazing things. I don't want you to feel like you cannot celebrate that. And this is my open invitation. You're already a podcast listener. So join us on Instagram. Please feel free to share your success with us. I know nothing pleases LP and I like going into 
our inbox or checking on the DMs and seeing people go, I did this amazing thing. So we are opening it up as a very safe space to come and show off about all the great things that you are doing, even if you can't share all the details with your sister. I hope that is helpful and still gives you a place to celebrate while being sensitive and empathetic to your sister's situation. Awesome. Thank you, Casey, for your question. And yes, please slide into our DMs and, and let us know all of the magical things that are going well for you. Uh, and for all of our podcast listeners that have a question, slide into our DMs and please ask for WWAWD. Our Instagram handle is at the Amanda Wagner, or you can visit theamandawagner.com and submit your question via the contact form. Once again, please join us on Instagram. We would love to hear the best investments that you have made in yourself and your business. And this is an open opportunity to plug the people that you love to work with. Thank you again for joining us for today's episode. We would love for you to join us on social media at The Amanda Wagner. Sign up for the newsletter at theamandawagner.com and share this episode with a friend. And if you are ready to get off the sidelines and claim your spotlight, you do not need an email list of 10,000 people. You do not need 50,000 Instagram followers. What you might need is a business strategist to help you make it happen. Please connect with me at theamandawagner.com and join one of our free workshops called Claim Your Spotlight. If your social media feeds are giving you boatloads of dread, I am your person. You can find me on Instagram at Liz Pittman or LizPittman.com. We look forward to recording more episodes and we're very open to feedback. If you have some ideas of what you'd like to hear us talk about, a challenge in your business or a WWAWD, send it to us. We are more than happy to hear it. Slide into our DMs or shoot me an email. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And until then, we will see you on the internet. Woo! Another one in the books. What are you, are you miming? I'm just, I'm like dancing. I'm kind of dancing. Like yeah. Another episode done. Wee woo. Very nice. Nice little ambulance there. Thanks. <laughs>